Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. I'm glad you're here. Today on the podcast, we are talking about the integrated gospel, covering 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 22. I sat down today with Pastor Buster Swoops. Okay, uh, Pastor Buster Swoops Jr. here, uh, Assistant Professor of Religion at Southwestern Adventist University, and had the privilege to speak at Elevate this past weekend. And Carlina Lopez. I'm Carlina. Um, I help around Elevate, stage manage a little bit, um, group in Keene, and I'm just here for my thoughts, I guess. We had a great discussion and talked about how we can live out the gospel just as Paul encouraged the Thessalonians to do. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Yeah, Pastor Swoops, um, I think that this message was a pretty great message. I think, you know, we've been talking about rethinking church, and I think that this was like kind of like a perfect message to kind of like take a step back and be like, what does it look like to rethink church? And so thank you for that message, and I just thought it was pretty great to begin with. You know, I I really appreciate the fact that uh, Pastor Michael went through First Thessalonians, and that's what he got out of it because that truly is what it is. The Apostle Paul saying, "Hey, this is yours. Make it make it your own. Right? Uh, stop trying to copy everyone else. This is the mandate that God has for you, and He has the same same thing for us." I like that a lot, and I thought that it was you know, the verses. Um, chapter five, verses 12 through 22, they were pretty, you know, you look at it straightforward and you're like, okay, this, this makes a lot of sense. This is very practical. But like when I started, I guess, going deeper into it, I was like, wow, there's some things that I don't get like surface level. And then when I read it, you know, looking at verse 12, he talks about how we're supposed to, how the Thessalonian church is supposed to respect those who are in charge. And like, One of my history professors, one of the things she always says is like, Emily, if it's written down, you know that that is a problem that they're actively struggling with. And so when, you know, he's talking about how people, they need to respect their church leaders and stuff. It's like, wow, that's actually happening where like people are doubting their church leaders and stuff. And it was just kind of crazy for me to like, I guess, picture. But yeah, I thought that was very interesting. You know, what's very interesting as well, uh, paired with that is when you read the letter that he writes to Timothy later saying, hey, they're they're hating on you because you're young, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't allow them to, to put you down because you're young, because you're actually wise, because remember what's in your grandmother and what's in your mother that they gave to you and that God has now given to you. And so when you pair that, although he doesn't say in a verse 12, he's directly saying, hey, you guys have, have been saying they're too young, they're too old, mm-hmm. they're too, I don't whatever it is. You guys are complaining a lot, but you're not supporting them as you should. Yeah. And I think that that was good that you brought up Timothy in the message, because I think especially for like Elevate kind of geared towards young adults, I think that's often something that we're struggling with is like, oh, we're told that you don't, you don't know enough. You, I mean, I don't have a degree in theology and I'm not <laughs> studying that. So I'm like, oh, what do I do? And I think that a lot of times we're confronted with that struggle of like, oh, you're too young, you're too inexperienced and stuff. And Emily, so- Emily, you've been the stage manager for uh, <laughs> Key Church for how long now? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm not preaching and I'm not actively, I guess, studying too. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you say that. And at the same time, uh, your, your gift set is you can have someone that's 70 years old and they're, they might, they still might not have it. Right. But from a young age, you've been someone who's been mature. That's been able to lead out in such things. Same as, same as you. Right. And so as we're coming together, 
we see these things and it actually applies to all of us, right? Because someone could be back there like, oh, Emily's too young. Why is she telling me when I can go on and uh, when, to, when to stop my message? Who, who, what does she know? Well, you know a lot. And that's why God's using you in the place that you are. I think that was a good thing that came out of Elevate was that, you know, it was a lot of young people. And I know a lot of people from CTA were able to be, you know, bring in, be brought in and help out with that when it was first starting. And I think that's, it's grown in that way is like we're allowing all ages and, you know, the whole thing. There's always room for one more that he always says is um, I thought that was really cool because, you know, it's always it's open to everyone. You know, it's not just uh, young adults. So which is nice. And, and Carlina, what I love about that even more is the fact that uh, usually you say there's room for one more. It means one more baptism and go and sit down. Mm -hmm. But what I love, every time I come back to Elevate, there's someone new helping, right? Yeah. There's someone new that's saying, hey, we're not bench warmer here. We want to actually help. We actually want to give. And that's that's beautiful. That's what the integrated gospel is. You're absolutely right. Like I like how we're kind of growing together. And like Pastor Buster, you said, you know, each one has their own gifts. And it's cool that like all together, we're kind of coming together and all our different gifts contribute to this like one church and this one gospel that's like growing and reaching others. Yeah, beautiful. Sure. It's beautiful. through those verses that was kind of I guess um, 12 and 13 so verses 14 and 15 are kind of like a reminder to the believers um, we exhort you brethren warn those who are unruly comfort the faint-hearted uphold the weak be patient with all um, one of the commentaries I read was that it was saying that this is about fellow believers, not just like unbelievers, yes. but these are these fellow believers who are not doing these things. They're not working or they're faint hearted and stuff. And so it's like a reminder, you know, like you, your whole point of your message, I would say for me, it was that, you know, be the change that you want to see. And he's kind of leading up to that of saying, look at all these people that you want to change or whatever, but you know, don't just disregard them because you want something different, but love them and lift them up. You know, I, I think one of the things here that, I mean, he kind of, he's kind of alluding it to it here. If, if you don't deal with them and directly hit it head on, then you'll start accepting it and then you'll become what you accept. Mm. And so if you don't uh, uh, comfort the faint hearted, then you yourself would become faint hearted. If you don't warn those who are unruly, then you will join the unruly and become unruly. So therefore stand up for the right and become the right, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But also bring them along, uh, but don't accept just what's bad. It's because you'll, you'll actually become what you accept. Yeah. That kind of like settling, like, oh, well, nothing I can do is going to change that. This is too big a problem. And then you just kind of sink into this. Like, and then everyone thinks that way. And yep. then we're just stuck in this <laughs> eternal <laughs> circle. Yep. And we're all sitting in church squinting at each other. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I liked how he continued in verse 15 of being like, see that no one renders evil for evil. Like that sense of like retaliation against these people maybe. Um, and then it says, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all and it's mm. i felt that it was kind of like an implied like 
pursue good for these believers, but also pursue good for the non-believers in this city. And I thought that that was kind of interesting too. Yeah, I, I did too. And I, I love the fact that he's saying, hey, this is supposed to be a picturesque, picturesque scene where we're all coming together doing the right thing and people see it. And the picture is not fake. It's actually real, right? Yeah. Going back into that, like your initial question is, have you ever felt duped by the church? It's like that picture is oh, just a picture, but no, we're actually trying to make that our reality. Yeah. I thought the questions that you asked were really interesting. I mean, you started off with, have you ever been duped or have you ever been? And then into the, does the church dupe people? And I was like, oh, I never even thought about it that way. Like, you know, you were talking about how um, your friend uh, was, um, whenever he became a pastor and then yes. whenever he called and was like, I can't deal with that. I was like, oh, I never really realized that it never really came into my mind that po it was the... Um, that maybe it was the church that was that people were leaving for. It was like, oh, they didn't get, they didn't get the point. They didn't realize yeah. that that they were that. That's why we're here. And it never occurred to me that it could be, you know, the church's fault because for yeah. whatever reasons. So. You know, going a little bit more about that, I'm really glad you brought up Pedro's story again. And I asked him for permission to share it, and he he said, please, by all means, that's because great. he was told, hey, this is going to be your new family because yeah. he's like, if I join this church. My family is pretty much saying we're disowning you. Like you, you're not allowed to come to family functions anymore. And then you know, he, so he was baptized with mm -hmm. this premise that hey, you know, the Book of Acts. They're eating on house to house. They're with each other every day, and he was alone. And he he felt he felt abandoned both yeah. by his family and by the church. And I think sometimes unintentionally we do that because I don't think anyone in the church is like, oh, I can't wait to abandon the new people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where we're busy, right? Yeah. And so we need to create time to make sure we have enough time for 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 each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know like for myself, like sometimes I struggle like, oh, like I know they're new, but like I can't get over myself, I guess, because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, well, you know, like I guess I'm just shy or something. And yeah. it's so intimidating for me to walk over there. But, you know, it's so important that we do and making that connection because we're all loving people and we all want to do it. We just have to make the time and you know, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Okay. I have to brag on your dad now <laughs> because after the service, you, I, and uh, uh, Pastor Simu were talking and your dad comes. I was like, Hey, I met this young adult. She's from Santa Fe. I need you guys to connect with her because you know, this could be her next church home. Yeah. And in the midst of a church like Keene, it's size, right? It's so massive, Yeah. Yes. but you have the pastoral staff that's looking to connect people with people. And so even though sometimes we're shy and everything else, we can encourage each other saying, Hey, Make sure you connect with this person. This person's cool. Maybe maybe we can make some connections there. I think even just like, just the simple thing of like saying, hi, happy Sabbath. I hope you're doing well. You know, like even that, just from like, even if it's, you know, we all go to church together and I know <laughs> most of the faces here, but it's just like a, a greeting of like, you know, fellow brother or sister and yeah. just being... I, I see you, right? Yes. I, mm -hmm. I recognize yes. you. I see you. Especially those people that are try, like trying to slip out of the back. They sit at the back of the, yes. of the church. <laughs> yep. And as soon as you say amen, they run out and oh, yes. someone runs to them like, hey, how are you doing? Right? Yeah. It's so important to, to greet as many people as possible. Yes. Yeah. And it's a great building platform. It's like say hello, happy Sabbath one week. And then the next week you see them again. And then you have something else to talk about. Well, what did you think of church last week or yeah. something like that? And then you just build from there. And it's that growing of community. That's awesome.
Um, so then the last final chunk was um, verses 19 through 22. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Um, and this one to me was a little bit more complicated, I guess, from like a 21st century standpoint of like when we hear the word prophecy, sometimes I like I'm like, <laughs> uh, what do you mean by prophecy there? Because, you know, um, and it was interesting, too, because when I was reading up on uh, Thessalonica, um, a lot of their past uh, was rooted in idolatry. And, you know, they're on um, in the Roman Empire and they have a bunch of those secular cults and stuff. I know that a Greek cult was very popular in that area and they would have like prophecies, um, air quotes there. <laughs> um, and so I, I can sympathize a little bit because when I think about them, you know, I could see them being like, well, you know, we came from idolatry and there's all this prophetic stuff that's very fake. So it's very hard for us to like accept prophecy. And I can feel that same way because I know a lot of times when people are like, oh, I had this prophecy. I'm like, did you really, though? Uh-oh. Um, you know, I had a dream once and it came true. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so I think it'd be, I think it's it's good to kind of talk this out and be like, well, what does it look like to us or to them? Like, how do we accept prophecy and trust it and see that it comes from God? I was always just confused by like the definition of prophecy. Like, what is it? you know, is it a dream that we get at night or is it, or is it this, these verses in the Bible that we, um, that we read. And so that was always something that I've struggled with. Like, like, does anyone have like their definition of prophecy? Well, I guess this is where I come in. <laughs> yeah. You guys can't see it on screen, but right now, but they're actually staring at me. Yeah. Right? So, yes. no, uh, so a lot of times we go as Adventists, we go straight to Ellen White, but this is more than that. So mm -hmm. in their context, let's go back to their context. They, they don't, Ellen White's not born yet, right? Yeah. She, she's not around. But they're talking about the old prophets, the old mm -hmm. prophecies. Uh, look at uh, the Old Testament alone has over 339 uh, Messianic prophecies, right? So don't despise those. But also uh, in that current day, God was still speaking to people. And so what is mm -hmm. a prophet? A prophet is simply a mouthpiece for God. And so, yes, there are people that God has messages for, but there's also false prophets. Mm -hmm. And that's why verse 21 is so important, which is test all things hold fast what is good. Mm. And so if it agrees with the word of God mm -hmm. and it's leading towards Christ, mm -hmm. then it's a prophecy that is good. If it's going against the word, then it's absolutely false, right? Uh, and you even see some prophets that are false prophets that Jesus is still saying, yeah, go ahead and listen to him because what he's saying is actually leading people to me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm thinking of the sorcerer who starts speaking about uh, uh, spiritual yeah, yeah. things and, and he's like, yeah, go ahead follow him because uh, he's still speaking about me. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you, you have all these things that are talking about prophecies and everything else. And you're saying, if it's, is it actually for the edification of the body of Christ? Is it actually going to lead towards Christ? Then listen to it, hold on to it. Uh, I was just speaking to a friend whose mother-in-law has prophecies <laughs> and uh, they're not always good. Mm -hmm. And so she's saying she's listening to them and she, therefore she discounts them. But even though you're discounting those, don't discount all prophets, prophecy. Yeah. And just because someone misquotes a prophet, like I can tell you how many times uh, Dr. Michael Campbell works with me at university. He has a list, of, a platitude of, of ways that people have misused Ellen White. Mm. And so therefore, a lot of people just shut her off, say we don't want to hear from her anymore. Mm. Well, if you actually read her compilations or not her compilations, her writings as a whole, you'll see she's a lot more balanced than sometimes we actually use her as. Um, 
even even as she's writing, she's like, hey, don't go around saying Sister White says this, Sister White says that. <laughs> she's like, use the word. And if you need help, that's what I'm here for. But make sure that the word of God is the truest form of whatever you're using. And so baseline prophecy is a mouthpiece for God. And if it agrees with the word, then we follow it. I like that. And I know that. I agree, I agree. Yeah, as Adventists and kind of growing up in this oh, like. for sure. Adventist like <laughs> little bubble. I know that a lot of people can sometimes fall prey to Ellen White says this and Ellen White oh, says yeah. that. And, you know, I heard more Ellen White as a kid <laughs> than the Bible. And I'm like, come on, people. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's very important. And that's a great, you know, reminder for us. Yeah. You know, one time as a pastor, I, I finished preaching a sermon. I came to my office study and on my desk was this list of Ellen White quotes. And they were all so, so out of context. One of them says, do not take medicine. And they gave like the reference <laughs> and it was written to a specific person telling them to stop taking their medicine because it was making them more sick. But they took this quote and said, no, we shouldn't take any medicines at all because Sister White said it. And I'm like, context matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> read the context and also read for yourselves. And I think that's what he is saying. Don't just believe me. Don't believe Emily. Don't believe Carlina. Mm -hmm. Test test all things for yourselves and compare it to the word. And that's how you know. It's right? so important because I think that, I mean, growing up, you know, as kids and we grew up in Adventist communities, you know, you just take what your parents are like, okay, sure. Yeah, I believe that. That makes sense. But, <laughs> um, you know, me growing up and like realizing I've always been a very like curious and questioning type person. So I'm always trying to play devil's advocate, like, well, why? Or, or well, what, what about this? And so it's been really, it's been really enlightening to go through the Bible myself and like take notes and read other people's um, thoughts on what they thought about it instead of just, you know, just the, you know, the little group of four people that we would read mm. our Bible verses at night before we go to bed. So <laughs> that was always really, it's interesting. And that's a really good verse. Like, you know, you know, be curious and, and look for yourself and find the answers that you think make sense to you because yeah. it's all important how you and your relationship with God grows with how you're inter interacting with God with the Bible. Uh, and I love that word that you just use, which is interaction, because there's a lot of people who come to church and never interact with God. Yeah. They interact with the sermon. They interact with other believers, but they don't go home and actually interact with God. And it's so yeah. important. We need all the above, right? We need yeah. to interact with each other. We need to interact with the church, the sermon, but we also need to interact with God ourselves uh, to have that encounter. Yeah. And I think that's a key thing. I know that like we're all pretty busy on a Saturday, any given Saturday. Yes. <laughs> and so finding that time to connect or, you know, we we talk a lot about um, in past podcasts, you know, the Sabbath and the importance of having that rest. And uh, for most of us here, the Sabbath is not very restful in the mornings. <laughs> and so it's like that that time with him, that rest is important, not just for us, but for everyone. And it's just a great reminder. You know, one thing that I've been doing, especially on uh, Sermon Sabbaths, I like to go through and wake up early enough and listen on audio, whatever book I'm re uh, preaching from. So like uh, last two weeks ago, I preached, I think, on the book of Matthew. Mm -hmm. And I listened to as much of the book of Matthew as I was walking. It was like walking the for whole an hour. Book? Yeah. I know you came in on Sabbath morning. You're like, so this morning I got up <laughs> and I walked and I was like, you listened to the entire book. Okay, so so check this out. <laughs> the contemporary English version of First Thessalonians, you can listen to all of it in 11 minutes. 11 really? minutes? Really? 11 minutes, right? So each each uh, each chapter is read through and is dram dramatized, right? And it's like three minutes a chapter. So it's like, Oh, this is great. That's not bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's something that we can easily do. And sometimes we're like, ah, sometimes you don't feel like reading. Right. So mm -hmm. I found it refreshing for myself to just walk 
And then I put it on repeat and I just kept walking. You know, it was, it was, it was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I think you were saying something about going for a walk last week listening to Matthew. I'm not sure yes. if you finished that thought or not, but. Yes. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I got through, I didn't listen to the entire uh, book, but I think I got to chapter, I think, 12. And I was preaching on chapter 11. So we were good, right? Mm -hmm. So what it does is help me build context of recognizing, man, it's not just this passage that I'm talking about. This is Jesus uh, actually walking through and Matthew actually observing Jesus and talking about all the things that he's done. And so when you put that into to the spectrum of everything, you're just like, Jesus is awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> but also, uh, there was a message that he had for the people in that day that he also has for us. Mm -hmm. And so it helps me translate to today. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. And like speaking on context and like understanding the background is, um, I guess, going back to verses 13 and or 12 and 13, um, I know that he used the word exhort. Um, and one of the commentaries I said was like, that I read was saying that exhort was almost like asking like a personal favor, like making it personal. Please, right? Yeah, like a begging. And I remember a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how um, Paul had made his connection with the Thessalonians really personal, even mm -hmm. though he hadn't really been there in a long time but you know it was like he was side by side with them and it was this personal connection and i like how this kind of drew back to that stuff that we covered you know in chapter one or wherever it was but yeah i think that it's very important to not only like understand this but also to have the context behind it yeah it is and recognizing what the reason why he because you could tell as, as as you're reading this he really likes this church, right? Yeah. There's some other churches you're like, oh, they really messed up, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say anything names Corinth. Uh, uh, but as he's right to the uh, church at Thessalonica, uh, you can see that he really endears to them because of the things that they've done for Macedonia. Mm -hmm. uh, and so as he's right to them, he's like, I'm not really worried about you guys, but I still want you to continue your growth, right? And you kind of see that. And I, and I sometimes I feel like, man, I... I feel like that message is up for me sometimes because sometimes you feel like, man, I'm struggling along. But sometimes you feel like the Holy Spirit's like, hey, keep going. You're not there yet, but keep going. Right. <laughs> that encouragement to like, you are doing good, so keep it up. That's very important, I feel like, too, yeah. because, you know, you, everyone can be there when you're like having a hard time and you're yes. struggling. But, you know, getting that affirmation of like, you're doing a really good job and you're going in the right direction. So just keep doing that. That's really important, too. Yeah. yeah. I think especially like sometimes we can read the Bible and it it's very, you know, sometimes black and white to us of like, oh, this is what we should be doing. I'm so far off right. course from this. <laughs> and it can be really disheartening. But I mean, God does not see like that. Like I'm I'm reassured constantly. That's an important reassurance is that like, yes, I'm I may not be there, but I'm working towards that. And God loves me regardless. Right. And then you can go to a completely different part of the Bible and you're like, oh, I'm doing the exact right thing, which yeah. is also really intriguing, which is a whole other thing that we can go off on. But <laughs> um, I think it's really cool. Like just, just the Bible in general, like the way that it there's so many different messages for any time. And I had a Pathfinder Bible whenever I joined Pathfinders. And what was really cool about those was at the beginning of it, it would tell you, if you're feeling this way, read these verses. And when I was young, I would go be like, oh, I'm sad and depressed in middle school. And I'd go and read that. And, hey, it's, it's real. It's and, real. And so, um, so that was really cool, too, is like, you know, there's just different, there's all different parts of it that, that can contribute to helping at any point in time in your life. It's true. And, it, you know, and when you finally feel like you've arrived, verse 22 hits you. Mm -hmm. Abstain from every form of evil. Oops. That's <laughs> scary. I mean, 
of every form of evil. That's yeah. really. Yeah. I, I think that's just be vigilant. Be on the lookout. Don't become complacent. Mm -hmm. uh, have your guard up. Keep a watchful eye out, right? Because sometimes we can sink into it and like we are in evil. We don't even realize it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you translated it that way because I read that and I was like, oh, well, I'm just, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that, that's the same thing, which is, it's like, do not quench the spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's telling us to get out of evil. And sometimes we're like, oh, but I really like this one. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And the thing is, we don't, we're not called, we're not called to change overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, God is going to be working with us until he comes to the clouds of glory. And so our duty is to keep our eyes on him to always walk towards him and he's going to be the one that cleans us up. I thought the analogy you used was really cool on Sabbath was um, be a billboard for Christ. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I've always, I've always thought of like there being two types of Christians in my, in my view, um, the, those who go out and, you know, are, are, um, are constantly telling people about the Bible and trying to, you know, get them to, um, you know, people that are really involved and really want to be disciples for Christ. And then there's those who come to church on Saturday and, you know, pick up the Bible once or twice a week, which was myself for a while, um, kind of is. And so um, <laughs> so I've always thought that there's two types of people, but I think that the billboard for Christ, that, that can be every, anyone and everyone. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. that it's a really easy way to be like, just live your life um, – as like a as like a example for others, and I think that was really cool because even if you're not always talking about how oh I'm Seventh Day Adventist or oh I'm I go to church on you know those types of things, yeah, yeah I get people you. can say oh well Carlina goes to church on Saturday like why is that and they can be curious and ask and I think that's a really great way of set of like because sometimes it might push people away that you're always mm. talking about it so I think it's a really cool thing to be just you know if you're if you just are that way then people can see that yeah I. I have a friend who always says, don't talk about it, be about it, right? Yes, that's so <laughs> And good. so sometimes I can talk so well and my wife is like, sweetie. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Because I can talk about cleaning all day long, right? <laughs> and she's like, have you seen your side of the room? Yes, I have. You're you're correct, ma'am. You're correct. Uh, so don't just talk about it. We need to actually live it out and be honest with ourselves. And yeah. I think that's the hardest part, which is we've created this system where we love perfection but none of us are perfect. Exactly. And so therefore, if we just admit, hey, we're not perfect, but we serve the perfect one. This is where I am. Can you meet me where I where, where I am so I can meet you where you are so yeah. we can all traverse together towards the perfect one. And yeah. I think that's the beauty of church. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was a blessing for you. I enjoyed talking with Pastor Buster and Carlina about the practical ways that we can live out the gospel, and I hope that it was an inspiration for you. As always, you can connect with us through the link in the description or through our Instagram at thisiselevatetx. We'll see you next week.